0: hi everybody welcome to doc hard this week we're going to be talking about nothing left unsaid uh which you can watch on hbo go and if you don't give a fuck then stay tuned Is Rebecca Guerra. And this is Amy Cooey. And we are Dockhard. Doc <gasps> How's everybody doing? We're doing great. Rebecca, you doing great? I'm, do- I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> all, all things considered, guys. Wow. I'm doing pretty, pretty well. well. That sounds fantastic. Well, like I said, this week we are starting off with nothing left unsaid. Okay. Everyone, I immediately lost it when I found out that Anderson Cooper's mother is gloria freaking vanderbilt okay i felt like the same way i did when i found out pickles were cucumbers okay like late to the freaking game every time this is amazing okay and That's like fair seriously i was so excited it, it makes so much sense his beautiful skin his 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 great posture his snappy dressing skills it all makes sense people and if you don't know who gloria vanderbilt is i will I'll give you get great pleasure in telling you a little bit about her she's an american artist author actress fashion designer heiress and socialite and if you're wondering what big design thing did she actually do that i would know about amy fucking blue jeans yeah, people blue, blue, blue jeans. jeans 1970s boom gloria vanderbilt on all the bunkies walking around town she basically she's been on my bunkie. invented modern blue I've jeans worn her,
1: i've worn her pants she's amazing I okay
0: them. yeah i mean i've, I've worn shit with her clothes. name on it <laughs> Wow, I mean, okay. And if you don't know who Andersonville, Andersonville, I'm sorry, that is a little town here in Chicago where our theater used to be. R.I.P. It's named after Anderson Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> he like he came out and did like a ribbon cutting
1: ceremony. <laughs> it was awesome. Does he own a big pair of those scissors? You think? I'm sure he does. He's got a he couple pairs. Like there's one bin by his door that's like umbrellas, and then one bin that's like big scissors. And he's yeah. like, "Wait, what am I doing today?" He's got one in oh, his shit. house in the Hamptons. It's raining, and I have to cut
0: a ribbon. He grabs both. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so if you don't know who Anderson Cooper is he is a journalist and a CNN he's anchor he's a sweet baby he's a doll um, so y- you know like when you first think about Vanderbilt you might be like me okay and you think about the famous uh, quote in a deer movie because I'm not a Vanderbilt suddenly I'm white trash <laughs> I grew up in Bel Air Warner across the street from Aaron Spelling I think most people would agree that that's a lot better than some sticky old Vanderbilt Elwood, Woods legally blonde Yep. so now though i'm like wow the vanderbilts aren't just sticky some are but they aren't some are okay so upon a little a little a little background of a google that i wanted to open up to tell rebecca about oh boy. so this is a quote from dear dear anderson uh okay well this this pertains to his mother but a railroad heiress turned successful jeans designer gloria vanderbilt who at 90 years old is worth a reported 200 million dollars but cooper is okay not receiving an inheritance he says i don't believe in inheriting money uh only a sticky old vanderbilt would say that and someone who has their own money (laughs) um but he says it's an initiative sucker and a curse basically you're insulting your mother uh, Cooper makes $11 million a year with CNN and lives in a multi million dollar Manhattan apartment and two houses in the Hamptons with big, gigantic scissors next mm-hmm. to his umbrellas. Now, this doesn't take any respect in my mind away from them, but at the same time, it's just, uh, you know, like a tiny little white glove slap on my face, gently challenging me to a money duel that I will never win. Like, all right, okay, all right, Anderson. A money duel, I will never win. Seriously. I mean, wait, I don't want an inheritance.
1: You think that's a slap in the face to his mom? But something is no a slap in the about... face to me
0: that he doesn't need oh. his inheritance.
1: <laughs> I'm like,
0: Dude, it's do it's interesting you
1: when you said that you're so interested in the Vanderbilts. And I knew you were before. And that was uh, a tasty little extra when you realized that he was Gloria's son. Um, Yeah, I I didn't know you didn't know that So that was fun to watch you discover that But also um, what you just described her as Being a fan of hers You started with artist, of course But you, you put Eris and Socialite last So it's kind of what he's doing I mean, sure, I want some money too like right now, like oh, right now. Amen, sister. Um, but yeah, he's he's a grown-ass man. You know, he takes
0: care of himself, and I, I respect him for that. And upon my uh, Googling of everyone in this entire family, that's not the only person in the Vanderbilt family that actually said that, that Ooh, basically yeah. w- felt that their inheritance inheritances were mm. curses, essentially, because then all of a sudden you... I mean, you're not the fucking Kennedys. Sorry, is that, is that don't worry. Saying? There's more. We'll get there. Okay, just just to kind of get you guys going. Uh, I at first glance I love this woman. I I love our senior citizens more than I love most citizens. <laughs> but this woman at ninety-one yeah. years old, stop, born February 20th, 1924, is the cutest thing you've ever seen. Not just cute, just just the epitome of what women i don't know she's just man i got a lady crush on gloria vanderbilt um she's from she definitely represents a different time like a Mm -hmm. dying breed of of human just the way she speaks
1: i think early in the doc i think i called her jackie o but like in a nice way i wasn't yeah
0: Sorry, you know, sorry Kennedys way. and Vanderbilts. I didn't yeah. mean to. We're really going to come after all of you. Even your Rockefellers. <laughs> um, so like even when she first sits down or when Anderson sits down with her, he notices that she has these little notes and it's just letters on a piece of paper. And she said that she didn't want to misquote Faulkner. And uh, it's oh. T-P-I-O-I-N-E-P. The past isn't over. It never even passed. And as you think about that with your, when you're walk, watching this documentary of this woman's amazing life and you, and you get all the feels because you actually are going from her birth to the present time, a span of 91 yeah. years. So much. That's incredible. Life. And before you think you might be sad, don't worry, everybody. Gloria's okay. She's 93 and she's still painting and she's still doing it. Don't you even worry. Still wearing that designer ass jewelry, looking good. Oh, yeah. Just precious. So I'm amazed at the amount of home footage in in this stock but i mean i guess when you had that much money more money than right. god from the richest man in the u.s at the time they used like, before
1: they had disposable cameras they just bought a brand new camera and shot a home video and then threw it away and then somebody <laughs> was like
0: gloria you can keep those it's not a it's not a polaroid you don't have to just throw it, throw it in the trash um but this woman has acquired lots and lots and lots of things over her life, and one of my favorite parts of kind of seeing the human side of Anderson because I kind of only know him as this very you know serious reporter um, that I've always liked. You know, you go, you come and go with certain reporters, but I've always liked Anderson. Everybody likes Anderson Cooper. I mean, come on, look at him, silver fox. Uh, <laughs> but he says that he like he's like I've been worrying about the stuff in my mom that my mom has in storage for like I'm turning forty eight. Thirty-eight years. <laughs> I
1: was like, "Oh my god!" And then you just let me do see. some quick math. Oh, my entire life, yeah. I've been worried my entire <laughs> life. You could see that in his face too. He's like, it, "Like it's like any family." I think I don't even have to get specific on mine. I think any family is just like what what treasures and what garbage is right. waiting for me. Right. I mean, he, but uh, it's it's a Vanderbilt. It's a Vanderbilt treasure trove, right? Like, so, so what do you, say? you find you a letter, one. it could be,
0: uh, oh, who even knows? It's like with,
1: Truman Capote. Like sent her some bullshit that he hoped that she would never like would never be revealed. Or I don't know, something right. like that. Cause she literally knew Truman Capote.
0: Not a big deal. I mean, they knew they knew everybody. And and just the idea of like where you said it could be anything. I mean he I think he even referred to hold on. <laughs> goes in tight sorry guys don't worry i didn't do it in the microphone um so i guess you'd know um so there was even boxes he said that had like cornflakes in it you know that just got packed up and put into storage so he went through all of these things and narrowed it down in order for his mom to go through and and brought her all of these memories and beautiful letters and old photographs and drawings and and just the idea of being able to see something like that and and especially being reminded of something that you haven't seen since you were a girl or or just ah. I don't know. Mm. It's so romantic and just, oh <laughs> my goodness. Anderson, if you're still going through those things and you need a hand, I will help because that's my jam. No, that should literally be one of your jobs, though. <laughs> oh, I would love that. You know, if you, hey, I'm always looking for work. If you need me hey, yeah. to go through your stuff, P-S-A. I can do that. Yeah. Amy Cooey, give her a call. Her number is, <laughs> <laughs> and I live at. Um. So the first evidence of a sticky Vanderbilt. Is Ooh. Alfred Vanderbilt the third? And I wrote in quotes, he's sticky. So <laughs> he basically is the family historian and he kind of tries to catch us up on the Vanderbilt family and refers to the first couple of generations of the Vanderbilts being unremarkable. Okay. I'm
1: totally blinked on that. I'm really glad. <laughs> All right. You, okay. okay.
0: Before Cornelius. And so Cornelius, he basically. Refers to him as having energy, so I wish that I had that kind of energy because basically this leads to him having more ships than the U.S. Navy and oh, more yes. money than the U.S. Treasury. Hmm, my energy sure hasn't led to that. <laughs> my 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 energy hasn't led to me being the tenth wealthiest person of the modern period. Then he built a
1: trains, right? He's like didn't yes. stop it. He's like, yes, well, they built ships Union cool, Station. There we go. Yeah. There it
0: is. There it
1: is. Vanderbilt. Damn unremarkable though unremarkable unremarkable
0: you just get you you, just get
1: washed away in a legacy of well you happened before this dude with all the ships so you're
0: unremarkable that's interesting clearly he's not that proud of it because i looked up his son's name and he's not a fourth boom good job that's what you call a vanderbilt mic drop I'm just kidding. I'm not <laughs> dropping these mics. They're expensive. Um, So, you know, we've got the, the parents of Gloria, Reginald and Gloria. you got to love a woman that names her daughter after her. I oh, love shit, that. shit, yeah. Right? That's, That's the only so reason confident. I want kids, but I don't want kids. That's but one, if I did. She is gorgeous. Oh, my God. You want to name your child Rebecca if you have a girl. Absolutely. ah huh. I love my name. Hmm. I love my last name. So I'd name all hmm. my children Cooey. I'd be like George Foreman. <laughs>
1: You know, you know who reminds me of the Vanderbilts?
0: George Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the way you you made that connection. She did it without me even trying, y'all. So her poor sweet daddy dies when she's like fifteen months old. Yeah. He um one in the doc it said a hemorrhage in the headlines at forty five. He's forty five years old, but upon my code googling, for it hooker? was no. no <laughs> in my, upon my googling, it was because of his alcohol problem, but we'll never know blossom um but she never got to know him and she was raised by her nurse dodo and uh once her father died they moved back to europe and basically she had a surrogate father through her mother's mother uh her nanny morgan and the so okay let's just talk about her mother gloria though for a second gorgeous yeah. gorgeous a twin so that's like damn yes I love there's that nothing footage. like meeting gorgeous twins you're like holy shit there's two of you <laughs> I've actually made the mistake of like saying that to twins face like damn there's two did you so I just watched this episode so it's
1: fresh in my mind but did you see the episode of The Office where um, I think they're at Jim and Pam's <laughs> wedding there it is they're at Jim and Pam's wedding and Dwight goes and he's I like I found twins yeah. <laughs> I found a set of twins they're remarkable like, he might not, like the remarkable men. is just in my head now that word but yeah whatever he says and
0: gets gets. where that howl at the wolf moves um, sure. Dwight they're men <laughs> yes they look great yes oh my god <laughs> so these women are absolutely gorgeous and so first you have one her mother that meets a uh, vanderbilt marries him god lover he passes well when she moves to europe <laughs> No worries. She just meets a German prince that wants to take her back to Bulgaria and live in a castle. Yeah, not a big deal. Her mom's kind of upset about this because she's got an issue with Germans. So, you know, let's, it kind of fell through. It was a hard time for Germans. Yeah, I'd say... <laughs> I do not want to get into but that right she's now. She's also
1: living off of her, sorry if you were going to get to this, but she's also living off of her daughter's wealth, essentially. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say the one $5 word, uh apoplectic that Anderson oh, mm-hmm. drops about yes. how the mother's reaction to the prince, you know, he, she was overcome with anger for those y'all that don't know them five dollar words like me. <laughs> I had to look it up. Um so yeah, age nine, she gets forty eight thousand dollars a year. Gloria, though, the mother. No inheritance because they they think that Reginald planned that as if, uh, let's say, Gloria Jr. was going to share and and take right. care of her mother. Like it would take care of both of them. Um, Which is
1: kind of okay, but kind of like,
0: I don't know. Well, it's interesting because you don't see that happening very much now. Usually the parents get the money and then they divvy it, divvy it out no, to the kids sometimes- versus the kids getting it and divvying it out to the parents.
1: Girl, I watched Snapped and a lot of those moms like the stepmoms come in and they marry the dude for the money and then the inheritance goes to the kid and so they're like guess what everyone's gonna die so oh. i get
0: the. See, money. i'm just thinking about like the calkins or something
1: oh yeah well, <laughs> well that's not inheritance money. That's, exactly that's like child <laughs> that's slavery <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next time
0: on dog hard child slavery um
1: oh no, and, for real though that's gonna be yeah. a
0: good thing and side note the um the paper doll animation is just oh. divine. I love the way that documentaries choose a creative way to tell the story and to get the point across. It I and because she also refers to making paper dolls in order to understand her past. Yeah, that was perfect. And how it just comes to her sometimes and she'll have a memory and then she just has to create based off of that. Like I only wish that things would come to me like that and I would just create because I was so full of creativity that it just had to pour out of me.
1: Wait, so you're 91. You don't know how long she struggled with, like, not being able to, you know, let it oh, flow sure. out. Oh, sure. I mean, But, absolutely. yeah, that felt it felt really organic in the movie. I liked that a lot that they went to that and the the sound during it was perfect, too.
0: Yeah, so the headline that popped up based off of the money is that R.C. Vanderbilt – uh. The Reginald left the children, and I was confused. I that's one thing I didn't Google is if there was more, if Gloria had any siblings. I don't think she does no i think it distinctly says she didn't but i could be wrong maybe there's one uh we apologize but if you came here for facts this is not the right place um (laughs) even though i have a lot of googles i mean i've got facts facts. but i'm just saying like if i accidentally mess up like don't hold it against me okay yeah yeah. so um oh oh, crap um so he left the children six million two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and none to the widow as we may repeat again so with this all happening, Gloria moves back to New York to stay with her Aunt Gertrude Whitney, and uh, who does look a bit like Margaret Hamilton, if I may. Um, she was the Wicked Witch of the West. Thank you. Uh, but I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean that they have no, I... a likeness of the way that they look. Margaret Hamilton is a lovely woman. If you don't know about her, Google that. Um, they was struggling to place her, but yes, okay. Mm-hmm. But it became like this story for the fact that she wanted to stay with her aunt. Her aunt wanted her to stay with her because the mother was not really around. I mean even when she was born, the parents immediately took a six month vacation as soon as she was born. So as was the culture, I think. Yeah, I mean, like you have money stories from that era because I used to like
1: like children's. I mean, even um uh like Peter Pan starts out that way. Like the parents are just not around.
0: Absolutely, and then John draws that little map on his on his cummerbund, and he has got to wipe it off. I don't remember that from the Disney version. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought it was my favorite part that the treasure map was on their dad, and and that it came. off. Oh, is it in that? Oh, see, and that it came off of that white material. Back up. I loved it.
1: Um. yeah, no, the the fact that they left her is sad, to be sure. And I'm sure it, like, helps sculpt the woman that she is now. But also, I was like, that's kind of par for the course. Yeah. Like, it's still, it wasn't, like, the worst childhood. Right. No. It was just, it, it's just, it's interesting because she keeps talking about how, like, that's how she started. So, that is the only world that she knew. She's like, if I knew that the outside world, like, there was moms and dads and picnics and stuff and, you know... She would have had different feelings about it, but that was the only world she knew, so she accepted it because right. she was born into it. Um, but Dodo... Yeah. I mean, I mean, she should have been with Dodo, but that's not going to happen. Do you think the aunt really had her best interests at heart? She says that she did. Anderson asked
0: her, I think, and she I, said that. I think she did. I think Aunt Gertrude had had her best interests at heart because of the fact that she knew that her mom was...
1: Uh, well, did you think... like I Unable
0: just, to give her everything she needed, you know? She right. was unable to give her a secure home and i i believe was also very young herself and just you know but she's also a vanderbilt and she sees this outsider as a
1: kind of what i perceived it well, she she's sees protecting this outsider taking the inheritance from yeah. her brother yeah so it i don't know i you can question motives all day long you'll probably never know yeah. i'm sure gloria but I, think, I mean she's also probably
0: slightly protecting the vanderbilt investment which is gloria yeah you know making sure that like you want to make sure your lineage turns out all right. I mean, like, for instance, if, you know, something happened with someone in my family, God forbid, like, let's say my sister's kid is getting into some trouble. You better believe I'll be showing up being like, get oh, your yeah. ass in the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm, I am in a car when I I just think of it like if my,
1: if my nieces or my nephew, any one of them, like, someone else came in and somehow they came into some money and then, like I don't know, just like... But you can't put it in perspective of now because this is, you know, from what, like 60 plus years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's just kind of the stuff that was running through my head when I watched it. It, But a
0: lot of it was Gloria, too. Because, for instance, uh, let's just call her our Gloria. Mm -hmm. She overheard her mother speaking with her older sister about the inheritance and about the money. And that she, she was basically like, we just need to get rid of the nurse. And this sent our Gloria into a spiral where she yeah. ran up and told Dodo that they're trying to take me away from you, and freaked out. And so basically, when the huge court case of the of the century over this heiress, uh, I, they referred to it as poor little the poor little rich girl worth three million six hundred sixty seven thousand dollars, who gets four thousand dollars a month or spends four thousand dollars a month rather, um, it, then all of a sudden that's why because she was. The, basically claiming that she hates her mother only on the fact that dodo would be taken from her right so which is it could have been gertrude but also was a push from gloria herself not wanting to be with her mother right and then everyone proving that her mother was unfit because okay so remember how i was saying she lands a vanderbilt she lands a prince not only is she good with the men the men folk she's good with the ladies too because she lands lady milford haven and so she even gets fancy ladies when she decides to go that way so there that also came up into the case of the fact that for instance that was not a time for for that kind of behavior um to be doing something like that um i'm glad that we live in a society where we've opened up so much more to that
1: still not enough but yeah uh she, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry but we was, still have to be so like mad. that was not a time that that lifestyle was accepted um yeah the, she couldn't live her own life basically uh is what it boils down to and that's even saying that we know for sure that uh what was the other woman's name her it was gloria vanderbilt and the what was the other one whoo uh, the, the like the 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 relationship she was in with the woman. Did you get the oh, woman's name?
0: Uh, Lady Milford Haven. <laughs> it's fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Lady Milford Haven. That's <laughs> even to say that they weren't just like besties roaming the world and being like, I'm really sat sick too close of these on a towel together, <laughs> hugged a little too much. <laughs> Shit. Give
0: me a break. Um,
1: but yeah, if they were in love, like they certainly couldn't come out and say it, and so right. that might have also been like you're absolutely right about um our Gloria uh, hopping into a car. I think she said with. Dodo and being like, I just heard that they're gonna try and take you away and that's absolutely the right reaction for her being a child and having her own mother figure taken yeah, away. I mean her. that is essentially her mother but I feel like it might have just been like if not a catalyst, just like an excuse mm-hmm. for the rest of the family, like the aunt to be like, We are getting you away from this lesbian. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, look, if I if I were her, what a wonderful place to disappear into, because her aunt Gertrude was an artist. She was a sculptor, a very, very good one at that. Like known for sculpting, not just a, I'm a Vanderbilt and I have money for clay. Yeah. A sculptor, and she had this amazing studio, which was probably and definitely a huge influence on Gloria. In order for her, our Gloria to become yeah. an artist herself, because she had an ac- she had early access to a studio, which is absolutely incredible. But then. After living or during the court case, there is a joint custody situation that is awarded where she would spend some time with her mother and some time with her aunt. So, but when she goes to stay with her mother in LA, it's like, (laughs) what's the movie where Amy Poehler's the cool mom? That's what I imagine it to be like. I think uh, it's like Mean, mean girls? girls. Yeah. She's like, hey, girls, I'm just, I'm wearing these pants with words on the butt and I'm just, you guys yeah. want to get drunk here? So she goes to stay with her mom and basically it is, she even refers to it as a hotel. She yeah. can do whatever she wants. Speaking of doing whatever she wants, Gloria got a little bit of a what a mama gave her because she starts dating Errol Flynn at 17. <laughs> okay. Not even done with high school yet. Errol. It was a different time. Flynn. Not yeah. just a different time. Talk about right place, right time. That's some like Will Smith sitting <laughs> on a curb rapping shit. Like all of a sudden you just meet Errol Flynn Did and you're. Did you just compare Will Smith to Errol Flynn? No, we I compared words. it no, to kidding. like the timing of something. Mm-hmm.
1: No, of yeah. like just
0: being fat, just being in the right place at the right time. But I'm so, a but, cooey. But we don't know what that's attain- like. They
1: were much more attainable then. I will say that. It was much easier yes, for movie stars just were... Joe
0: Schmo or just yes. the
1: lady of the night to, you know, run into these guys. Right. Uh, but also it makes well, me so happy. Well, because even there was that
0: one place. What is it called? Oh, so sorry to people that know about it, but I think it was called the Cabana. The um, uh, Copa? The Copa. The Copa, yeah. So it was like a place where people were... where oh, you know about the Copa? No, no, that's not it. It's. <laughs> I, I know about it because of another podcast that I listened to, Hollywood and Crime, based off of the um, uh, Black Dahlia murders. But there was a place where basically military would go, but also stars would go. And then people could work there in order yeah. to, anyway. But like, I'm sad I don't know of that name, but it's, I'm surprised it's not the Copa because that was, I don't the know, it could evolved. be, I don't
1: know. Like, we're like in Goodfellas and uh, Sinatra and all, all of that era, everybody hung out there for years. I think this was earlier
0: than that though. Like, this is when, this was all like a right. war time when this happened. So, not around Arrowfoot, but I'm just saying like, the stars it. probably had a better access. And also, let's be fair, she's a Vanderbilt. So if she wants to walk into a place, sure. she's, she's like Drew Barrymore in I Studio was 54. I just going to say that. Yeah, well, I know that because of you. <laughs> um, so yeah, Errol Flynn at 17. Like, holy crap. So she then, though, gets married, her first husband. Uh, and she's still just a young young little thing. Sure. She gets married to Pat DeSicco. And uh, the weird thing about this guy is she knew when she married him that his first wife, Thelma Todd, who was dead because apparently people believed that he killed her. She knew this. And um, one of my favorite quotes, just the interactions, the way that Anderson and Gloria look at each other when they say certain things to each other is quite beautiful to be able to be that close to a mother and child's relationship. Subtle touches... Mm -hmm subtle gentle looks with the yeah. eyes small the smiles no i mean it's just it's fascinating so he's like looking at her like mom you married a guy that you knew might have killed mm-hmm. his friend. and she goes sweetheart sure. i was only 17. oh i love her
1: Ooh, i I, mean, I look also where's that where's that separate gloria if you need me, i
0: will be right there i know i almost started googling all of that but yeah, i was no. like amy no you've already done too much we'll
1: find we'll find something out about that but later. so the
0: sad part about this is god lover, her even though she did know that information he became uh uh abusive towards her and threw her head up against walls punched her in the face called her mm. fat just did all of these terrible things to her um so she ended up uh not staying married to him very long i i believe it was a uh, three years Ah, uh, in the forties. Um, still a long fucking time. But yeah, I mean, just like heartbreaking. But like, it also shows, like, when you think about that brief moment in the long span of time of her life, mm-hmm. getting through that, and all of the other things that she would get through after that. It's just, just, it, it you gives know. me
1: hope for everything. Oh, my <laughs> God. I know she's just a spoiled little rich girl but, no. or whatever headlines they gave her but she's she's lived a long long time no
0: she's she's There's nothing she raised herself about her. and she paid her dues very early on and she will probably be the next portrait that i do so here's to that oh, so shit. one of the things that i think represents her the most in the the documentary and like seeing some of her belongings is what she referred to as a, a dream box that contained the tied up letters Oh, it's just like she found it at like some estate sale and it's all these envelopes and it's all tied up with twine and they're all really old and, and it's like, she, she thinks that they're love letters, but they might not be love letters, but she's pretty sure they are. It's and the same she knows author she's never the same address. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's like a perfect example of who she is as a person that she would preserve something and not disrupt it and respect it it's just oh that's pretty so romantic. it's
1: a perfect example of who she is as a person and it's not from her life yeah but she took the best care of it it's yes. not in a box with cornflakes it's like in a plexiglass like safety little like display box that
0: she keeps out yes so i get it i get, it. It, so I get much. it um so basically she, as soon as she leaves um as soon as she leaves i forgot his name already pat the uh yeah a <laughs> real like sicko, sicko. <laughs> she is 20 years old and she knows him one week and then marries him three weeks later leopold stokowski a composer um so then we start meeting the the children that she has with him and I mean and they were inseparable she basically like they didn't hang out with people they just stuck together and it was just them but we meet one of her sons Stan and there are these like this wall of drawers behind him and the whole time during his interview all I could think of was I was like Stan what's in them drawers what is that is that you got a ladder going up them drawers what's the like think is he looks like um
1: a handsome silver fox of course because sanderson's half brother uh, character actor and i don't know the dude's name but he's just in like every comedy you can think of every sitcom mm-hmm. um and just to look at him it was just it was pleasing to my to my eyes i didn't hate it <laughs> Well, Look, she is the product of Gloria marrying someone 40 years her senior. So I can say that about her son. Absolutely. He's an attractive man.
0: Absolutely. And so because she had children, guess what? Here comes mommy back in her life, Dodo, to take care of her kids. Thank goodness. And Anderson uh, speaks with the uh, oldest son about um, being able to actually like remember her and know about her, which is. I would think very exciting to be able to like have the connection to someone that you know meant so much to your mother yeah but never got to meet um but we're going to take a quick break because we got a lot more to go so if you need anything go get it and if you don't need anything stay tuned hey beck hey ames what's your favorite comic book character
1: Oh, I like Oh boy, I used to like Archie Is that dumb? No And also, uh, I love Superman, go DC And also, um, uh, Dark Horse Does Buffy the Vampire Slayer And it's awesome
0: Cool, fuck yeah uh, my, I grew up with my sister loving Johnny Quest Oh, and mm-hmm. like Casper and Archie and like the you know the kitty ones at yeah. first but i then moved into like uh liking uh Kitty Pride when i was young don't I know what that is but it sounds kitty Pryde, cool Kitty Pride she was a part of the X-Men i think uh, Oh, she's pretty shit, rad fuck. yeah i know I'm a friend had those it. like collector cards and i just kind of fell in love with the way she looked versus actually who she was and then when i got to know her a little bit i was like yeah i totally like Kitty Pride she's awesome of course you know i like Wonder Woman and i'm no shame I think, of course, people are like, oh, Wonder Woman, she's the only woman. But at the same time, if you look into the history of Wonder Woman, it's very inspiring and badass.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah,
0: so the, the reason why I bring this up is there's a new podcast on the Universe Head, Podca- Universe Head Podcast Network. Sweet. Yeah, guess what? It's called Comic Book Queers. So, wait a second. So they're gay comic book people? Gay comic book people? No, if they only cover... Comic books about gay people. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's. I too, mean, I, I like both of those things. <laughs> right either way. Either way, you mix it. I was excited it, for, for comic books, good. and now I'm excited for queer people. Yeah, exactly. So. So it's just uh, two guys, Evil Jeff and Brett Maness. They are going to be doing comic book queers. And I highly suggest that you tune in because if I know if I know Brett Maness, it's going to be smart and it's going to be funny and it's going to be filled with lots and lots of delicious details and information. Um, So even if you don't have a favorite comic book character, you might just walk away with one after you listen to this podcast. So check out Comic Book Queers on Universe Head Podcast Network. All right, the only way to come back from uh, the first part of the uh, podcast that we recorded is to bring in Frank Sinatra. Yes, our Gloria (laughs) has a brief relationship with old blue eyes. Didn't we all? She leaves Leopold and, like I said, got a little bit of what her mama got and finds yet another amazing man. To to give her the energy and strength to get through <laughs> leaving Leopold, who she basically finds and uses as a father supplement in a way because he was, I think, forty years older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and um, he was sixty three when they got together. Yeah, I believe so. So Frank gives her the energy to kind of leave Leopold, and he basically uh, didn't think that she had the energy to um, go through with a custody battle over the boys. But Frank helped her through. Who knew? Here's looking mm. at you, Frankie. Mm. Did he? Uh, we'll never know. I mean, no. anybody that slaps Marilyn Monroe might have an issue himself. So, <laughs> But more about the Kennedys later. <laughs> Man, we were really getting on them Kennedys. Uh, so did Marilyn. Ayo. sorry. I really like her, though. Anyway, <laughs> we both take sips. So one thing that is completely grazed over and I give you guys get your own Google boxes out and go after this because she had two sons with Leopold, mm-hmm. but we only talk to Stan. Chris does not speak to Gloria. She hasn't spoke to she hasn't spoken to him. She refers to him in this documentary is so glazed over so quickly that she hasn't talked to him since his twenties. So that's and he's in his fifties now. So that's a whole 30 years that he has not spoken with her, which is crazy. 30 plus, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Like, what has to happen in that family to not speak with your mother? And she seems like a lovely angel of a human being. So what's going on there? I
1: mean, there's many sides to every story, so I reserve oh. judgment. I, I'm just saying, we You're don't know. Person. We don't know. Look, we don't know who uh is like, how he killed his first wife. Yeah, we'll never know. There's some things that are probably not going to be uncovered. Um, But I do... I I maybe, know that you're saying it's like glazed Scott over. <laughs> it's probably... God. Probably true. Um, But I know you're saying that it was glazed over, but I like the fact that she kind of leaves him alone because that was his wish. So don't, like, dwell on it too much. Or, like, that the doc doesn't dwell right. on it too
0: much because that's kind of none of her business, unfortunately. Just, just the definition of eloquent. She... Yeah. I mean... Lady crush. So Anderson goes over to talk to her at one point and they show her foyer. Oh, my God. It's hot pink, y'all. I'm talking like hot ass pink. just And she's just like, oh, I didn't realize the paparazzi would be here because he's got a camera. And she's like, I would have put on my face. She's just a doll and a dream. And it's like, I took little notes so I knew what to talk to you about. Just a precious angel. I hope to look like her at forty, on what she looks like at (laughs) ninety-one. I mean, she looks incredible. So, she starts uh, modeling and amazing photographs. Oh my gosh, she not only is she a model, but she's a piece of artwork herself, uh, as as well as an artist. But she, there's some really gorgeous pictures of her out there. So through her, one of her photographers, she meets Sydney Lumet. So is. My Favorite, well, that's her next husband, uh, uh, and he was known for making like thousands of mouse drawings for her, like saying, You better love me, I hope you love me. That not, not you know, forcefully, people like sweet, you know. Um, but she had, she had those and was showing Anderson, and it was just, you know, kind of also glazed over very quickly. Why is Sydney your favorite?
1: Uh, he's a prolific filmmaker. And especially from that era, so it's like you think Frank Sinatra, like Sydney, could roll with that crowd. Of course, like all of her, I, Errol Flynn, like pretty much anyone unique from the era that she like that decade that she was um, in a dating pool. Like that, she picks the cream of the crop. Yeah. So I remember. That I think thing- he was. He was literally authored one of the textbooks that i had to read in college like nice yeah he's uh
0: he's pretty dope Shout out seems to like sydney. a cool guy yeah <laughs> well and it was even said that like i can't remember who said it about her but nobody had ever met anybody after the age of 16 that loved being in love as much as gloria that makes sense i love it um so she she's with sydney for a little while but then she meets wyatt while she's married to sydney and she she's has a habit like, of doing that oh yeah glory get you do you you know do you take care of you find your happiness and 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 do it i mean and have sex with it no i'm just kidding no good for her good for no, her. no the way she refers to that rebecca is he was interested in me and i was interested in him And she says to Anderson, if I wasn't interested in him, you wouldn't be here. And the little look that they share is adorable. His little nose crinkles and his little squinty eyes. Come on. I just want to pet him like a mouse. Um, So she said that she wanted a girl in referring to Anderson. And she said that she was minced to have daughters. So she went to London to use a fertility drug that was illegal at the time and then from Rome these drugs these fertility drugs are strapped to her body by no other than Una and Charlie Chaplin yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't just get her fertility drugs in the mail or shipped to her on some steamer drugs strapped to your body it better be by a fucking chaplain (laughs) right it better be by somebody that does silent work Uh, that way you know you can make it through security there probably wasn't even security then she could probably have been carrying anything They're like oh Miss Vanderbilt they just Mm -hmm. did it because it wouldn't fit in her luggage (laughs) right Um, which she probably designed herself exactly so um, one of the quotes that I also very enjoyed uh, or enjoyed very much Mm -hmm. um, that Gloria said was it is once you realize that life is a tragedy that you really start to live And I like, I had to like pause it and had to really let that one sink in because, you know, life is hard and, you know, not everybody, not all the grass is greener. Not everybody has it perfect, even though we could look at another person's life and wonder what it would like to be one to wander in and out of it. But to really accept that she had been through a lot of hard things. And understand well, and that, that that's ending, what helped her to live.
1: Yeah. The, in the end, we're all going to die anyway. So that's how I took it. Right. It's, yeah. Uh,
0: it ends in tragedy. So yeah. get, enjoy the middle part of it. I don't know. Well, and then we hear from sticky old Alfred again. So he <laughs> says she put her name on blue jeans. I don't think that pleased everybody. Like, fuck you, dude. Are you looking down on Levi Strauss? That dude is worth $4.67 billion, and they're annually making $5 billion. Yeah, their name's on the fucking ass of pants. So you see them <laughs> getting upset about it? Who the fuck are you, Alfred? God. So, like, I, I was wondering why this guy was so smug. Like, I get that you're a third or whatever, but I want to know a little bit about it. So his father was once the richest man in the U.S., Alfred I. He was on the uh, Lecentania, which was uh, a boat that was going over to Ireland, I believe, and it was struck by a German U-boat, May 7th, 1915. Mm-hmm. He ref check this shit. This is a stand-up fella. He refused his life jacket and was only helping women and children, and his body was never found. That's some dope ass Holy shit right shit. there. You sticky old Hi, Alfred the really. 3rd. Your grandfather was a great man and you're over there getting mad that Gloria I mean, invented Blue Jeans? What the hell?
1: Look, we all saw Titanic. Is that what really happened or did he pay someone off?
0: Sorry. <sighs> well, Rebecca my God. The you took that in a dark way.
1: <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. No, so, but that's yeah, that's interesting. Your father did something remarkable and you didn't. Grandfather, excuse me, the first, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh and what did the second do? Does the second do anything? We don't care.
0: Man. I, eh. I I look there was only so many things that we, there just as a fair warning this might be a two-parter guys because we have so much to say about the docs this week um so i realized that there like needs to be some kind of line that i draw on googling <laughs> but cuz i spent way too much time trying to google how much alfred the 3rd was worth can't find it sticky son of a bitch no cuz i wanted to know i'm like if you've got a problem with like what Gloria is doing like what are mm-hmm. you worth what are you doing Exactly. anyway, so I couldn't find anything. he sounds like
1: one of the dudes that like would read the Fountainhead and tell
0: like his servants to read it to understand whether or not important Well it made me think that maybe he was sad because there's not enough like readily identifiable business or substantial inheritances to warrant the Vanderbilt family a spot on the Forbes American richest families list. so he's just like pissed off I'll give you five bucks or I'll drink if you can name who's number one
1: oh shit on the for that was a lot of inf- okay sorry i'm just sorry. so no, excited great. this episode guys <laughs> great.
0: number one on the forbes this year richest family no just richest family oh. ever richest family ever oh, kind of yeah i mean american american well because, yeah, yeah like yeah. for instance like the richest okay. man in history was like in 1331 and apparently like his wealth was just insane i think his oh, name was like masa or something um
1: it's got to be like a like a not 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 chase but how about like, yeah i
0: was about to say think about the
1: company <sighs> it's gonna it's gonna be one that's like right in my face that i'm not gonna god damn it can i get a can i get a hint, can I get a hint? sure um
0: watch out for falling prices oh my
1: god the fucking fucking sam uh oh, what's his name
0: walmart I don't, yeah fucking walmart what's his name i don't know Ooh. i just got mad when i saw that walmart oh. was the was the most because i when i started googling i wanted to see like for instance how the vanderbilt stacked up against the kennedys or stacked up against the rockefellers blah 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 i mean you can really go down a rabbit hole when you start looking up people's net worth it's really insane it's, it's not
1: walton what is his name
0: it's wilson i think fuck him i don't know oh that um, makes me very upset yeah <laughs> so but their names do live on uh with vanderbilt university in nashville tennessee and there is also a Vanderbilt Ave in uh, um, New York, uh, in Manhattan, and Brooklyn. So, you know, they do have a legacy, of course. Right. But if you ask me, living on through fashion is a point, Mr. Sticky Alfred Third. When it when it comes to your Vanderbilt historian family, right. crap. it's not a
1: decimal point. You know what he's saying? Like, he,
0: yeah, I am not siding with like him. Me be mad? It's like, why is this not something that's impressive to you? Are you just mad because basically you took your inheritance and then you just monitored what was already going on before you started it? And then you all of a sudden get recognition because you decided to go place a wreath in the water where your father was, grandfather was never found again. Great. She's over here fucking doing it all and doing it by herself and sometimes doing it in love. So get out the way, you sticky old Vanderbilt. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Elwoods, for making me be able to have that quote. <laughs> so one, one also thing that I really love is that she like, like there's some women out there that will only wear things once, but they keep it you know and then you just like possibly see it later. like my mom she'll she'll wear things a couple times but she's kind of a once only lady but there i have news a- for you Why, the apple doesn't fall far oh.
1: <laughs> you a, will you will you, you'll reuse that. articles and jewelry but i don't think i've ever seen you step out in the same exact outfit twice that's a compliment oh. i'm
0: just saying wow
1: so, yeah, no, but doesn't reuse a single thing. That's Yeah, yeah I do have that, that problem. Level.
0: I'm like, oh, well, I wore that in, in 2004. <laughs> I, I don't even
1: think, that. do you even think that? I think when you step out, you honestly, you just put it on and it's not unique
0: in the moment and like you don't feel it. I do it, think so about then, it sometimes. Yeah, Like, for instance, if it's a dress, I must figure out another way to wear it. Yes. Otherwise, I'm just doing the same thing again. Sure. Which, what what am I trying to do? Be the definition of insanity? Never. <laughs> In the other life, I was a sticky old Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's why I have such an issue with it. Um, so seeing her wear pieces. So there's an interview. Um, I can't remember when it was. I'm assuming that it was probably when Anderson was young. But she's wearing a necklace. It's like a a white like bulbous necklace that like it looks like interlocks with itself. Like Wilma Flintstone is wearing it. Absolutely. I tried to Google it, just like that bracelet that you told me about that was in Vertigo, that was a Chanel, the like Chanel bracelet. Oh my God, that bracelet. <laughs> oh, who even knows? Oh, I want it now. So she wears it though later, like when she's much older, like mm. I think she even wears it presently in her nineties in this documentary. And I'm just like, who designed that? That's gotta be a designer piece. Or I like, Oh uh, and then you get really mixed up when you start googling Vanderbilt jewelry because she made her own line of jewelry and then you're like no that's not what I want um but yeah so basically she's fabulous um, but then we get to start uh, get 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 blah blah, blah blah we start getting to know Anderson a little bit more and um, one one of the of the ways that we do that is we see him covering um different things uh, over his time as a journalist but what really hit me is when he started to cover or show coverage of Hurricane Katrina and he was uh, actually in Waveland, uh, where I actually worked I'm from the Gulf Coast of Mississippi and I was living there when Hurricane Katrina hit August 29th 2005 um and seeing this vulnerability from someone that is so stoic and has such a wonderful stature about him. Um, he was referring to a man, and Waveland, uh, Waveland was hit very badly. A lot of the uh, cities on the Mississippi Gulf Coast were annihilated, completely destroyed, nothing there, 10 miles inland, and he was uh, standing there and somebody was raising the American flag and seeing him get emotional, like all of a sudden I'm like, following this romantic crush and love story on Gloria Vanderbilt and how much I just am enamored by her to take this twist of Anderson being in Mississippi and being somewhere that I slept in a tent for nine months and worked on people's homes and watching him get choked up about it really like took such a twist for me. Like My favorite part about documentaries is the twist, and this took a personal twist, which I really didn't expect, Uh, and then he was at Mary Mahoney's, which is in Biloxi, which I've been to many times talking to Bob, the owner, Karen, my best friend, Beth's best friend sitting next to us. And both of us were like, he's at Mary Mahoney's. Like we hung out there. Like that's where you went to pretend you were old enough to smoke cigarettes at the bar. Like that's just like, it's a, it's a Biloxi staple. And one of the places that, that flooded so terribly and, 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 uh, Mr. Bob was bitten by snakes if I recall correctly because he stayed behind. Yeah. Um but seeing him talk to Anderson and you know pictures of Anderson in front of places that I know so well um was just I don't know it was very uh all of a sudden I was like kind of taken out of that relationship that I was building with Gloria in my mind well,
1: you still want to marry her but now you want to adopt her son huh
0: yeah <laughs> i would be like I'm your new mommy now Anderson <laughs> I know you're 50 now but it's okay my sister and you will get along great we'll be one big happy family um so the the idea that you could be connected to somebody that seems so far out of your reach uh, is really, really remarkable. Um, so uh, more about that later. Uh, we're going to go on ahead and, and, and finish out this beautiful documentary. Uh, so Carter. Oh. I can't believe we haven't even talked about Carter yet. I know. <laughs> yeah. Carter is Anderson's older brother uh, by two years. Um, and uh, I believe it was June. 1988 uh, Carter was 23 years old and he jumped off the 14th floor of their mansion uh, off the terrace in front of Gloria he woke up uh, in the middle of the night I, I believe and um, was delirious and ran through the house and was kind of trying to figure out what was going on and she followed him and he was over the ledge and she was telling him to get down and basically you know, she said it all happened within a matter of
1: moments uh, he was over the ledge she tried to call him back he jumped from that even after some pleading and was kind of teasing her like don't you know don't come any closer if she moved closer he would let go and he did jump but then caught his fingertips I think on the edge mm-hmm. uh, and then hung there for a minute and then let go
0: and she said or she said uh, Carter come back and he let go right yeah. in front could you just take a moment and even try and understand Watching, You know, it's one thing to lose a child. I mean, God love any parent that has, because I have not, of course, I don't have children. But the idea of watching something, like, I'll quote Steel Magnolias on this, watching when something so beautiful comes into your life and being there when it goes out, I could not even imagine. But the way that she said that she just went to bed for three weeks and all she did was cry, and then she hasn't cried since. She said there's not a tear left. Yeah. I Oh. That- god that's heartbreaking so the one part about this that i didn't like is you we get the interviews of the ex-girlfriend and she basically blamed his dark mood on his asthma meds and i mean i'm not like mad at her but at the same time i'm just like really on the asthma meds i i don't know about this i
1: you never know pharmaceutical companies sure to count accountable for some of that but yeah it's it was a a I hate glossing over it, but it was a, a terrible uh, part of her life, obviously. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, just the fact that we covered so much. And I almost forgot that that even happened because that's
0: how long her life has been. Right. Absolutely. And 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 how she was just strong enough to get through it. Like, my God. So the girlfriend was trying to call Carter to talk to him about something that happened with the Dukakis election. And he asked her to come over that night. And she didn't go because she had a pimple. Which she regrets. That, I mean, I don't know.
1: Would that not tear you up the rest of your life? She uh, didn't know that was going to happen. Of course not. But at the same time,
0: you're just going to let a pimple not let you go over to your dude's house? Amy. I don't know. I guess that's what happens when you date Vanderbilt. <laughs> so you want to look perfect all the time. But I mean, pimples and pimples, you shit happens. would. Okay. That's what cover up is for. But you would And a nice scarf. Look, I'm not saying you wouldn't have I don't gone know. over there. I'm but I think ugly. you would have taken a little time to
1: <laughs> i I know.
0: I'm being ugly, but also I would not have interviewed for the documentary if that's the reason why I didn't go over. I would just be like, sorry, I'm I'm not gonna comment on this. That's right. Um, I can't pass any judgment on her, but I understand. Yeah. Well, and so this beautiful life of this beautiful woman and and how we kind of only see a small interaction with Anderson and get little things about him regardless what a a strong and eloquent and beautiful amazing woman and and someone to actually look up to because the fact that even though she had money she made her own and she made her own path and she stuck to her guns and she did what she thought was right um well as much as
1: she could or was allowed to being you know socialite heiress right that, you know to us doesn't mean that much but in her own little bubble like it definitely kept her down or could have kept her more down than she was
0: so yeah it's impressive could have been the curse that other people in her family referred to um but just so much respect for for such a beautiful woman um and one of the last quotes that i loved uh that she was reading a a, a piece called beauty i'm not sure if she wrote it uh but maybe she did but uh, I had the hard heart of a child and I she said that she had through after reading the poem after she read the poem I had I realized I had the hard heart of a child and I could survive things and I did like girl yeah, that's fair you know what I'm saying <laughs> just absolutely fabulous um so that sums up uh n- nothing left unsaid i highly recommend it i'm probably gonna watch it a third time it's
1: so good this one really got to amy you guys so yeah it really did Um, i i enjoy how much it it touched you and affected you i i really enjoyed it too i thought it was well made and uh yeah just what a life to have to whittle it down to one podcast
0: one documentary that's a lot we can't do it no so guess what guys this is part one (laughs) <laughs> we we realized that we had a lot to say, uh, and so in the next uh, edition of this episode, uh, part two, we're going to be covering uh, the biggie, the big uneasy. Thank yeah. you so much for listening. That is Rebecca Guerra. That's Amy Cooey, and we'll be back.